Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session, the weekly jazz interview show. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. The Jazz Session is also available at thejazzsession.com and in iTunes. This week's guest is Sam Yahel. You may know him as a Hammond B3 organist who has played with just about everybody over the last several years and has really been one of the rising stars on the organ. However, for his new record, Hometown, he returns to his original instrument, the piano. From that album, this is the opening track, John Lennon's Jealous Guy. My guest is Sam Yahel. He is known for being a Hammond B3 organist, but on his new album for Positone Records called Hometown, Sam is on the piano, and we'll talk about uh, why and the new record. First, though, Sam, thanks so much for being on the show, and uh, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. It's, a, it's my pleasure. Let's talk, uh, I guess I'll ask the most obvious question first, uh, why a piano trio record? Despite the fact that I'm known for being a Hammond, uh, Hammond organist, uh, piano was my first instrument. And uh, when I came to the new school uh, for social research in New York around 1990, you know, I came as a pianist originally. And uh, sophomore year, I started playing the organ. And as soon as I started playing the organ, the gigs started coming in, you know, not because I was necessarily a great organist at the time, but, you know, the organ was so easy for people to kind of take an organist into a, a restaurant, you know, somebody who had a portable organ. And the guitar player would have somebody that, you know, like a bass player and somebody comping for them, you know, two people in one, basically. 
And the instrument sounded so good that uh, you got an instant vibe in a, in a restaurant that has no instruments. So what happened was that uh, the piano, it was just hard for me to keep up uh, the piano playing because all the gigs that were coming in were on an organ. So, you know, as, as my career, you know, developed, I always um, kept playing piano and uh, basically was dreaming of the day that I'd be able to, to record on the piano. And, and you know, it, the project kind of got delayed for one reason or another over the years. And, and finally, I got this opportunity to do it, and, uh, and I grabbed it. How different are the piano and the organ from a you know, kind of performance standpoint? How, how different a, an animal is the organ from the acoustic piano? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I, I maybe would compare it to the difference between an alto saxophone and a tenor saxophone or, you know, a saxophone and a clarinet. You know, I, I mean, even though I don't play those instruments, there's, there's a lot of common ground, obviously, because, because the keys are, are laid out the same. But just the things that you choose to play on those instruments are very different, and the way that they ring are very different. You know, the piano has all these overtones that naturally occur, and... Uh, and the organ, you have to actually manipulate the draw bars, the draw bars, in order to get those overtones. And a lot of the expressiveness on the organ, most of the expressiveness comes from the, from the pedal, and uh, and all of the expressiveness on the piano comes from the touch. And so that's that's one of the main differences. I mean, I could I could do my best Keith Jarrett imitation and just just ever so gently uh, press down an organ key, and it wouldn't matter. Uh, if I press it down ever so gently or as hard as I could, the the result would be the same. It's a it's a click, it's a contact, an electronic contact, and uh, so all the expressiveness uh, has to come from the right foot. And in the piano, all the expressiveness, most of the expressiveness, you know, comes from the touch on the on the hand. So, you know, for me, it was always definitely a kind of a trip switching back back and forth between those two instruments and. I don't think that there's too many people who do that uh, successfully, actually. You know, the, the other organists slash pianists that I talk to a lot of times complain about uh, how hard it is to switch back and forth. So how did the opportunity come about uh, with Positone to do this piano trio record? Um, it's pretty simple. I mean, those guys, uh, Mark Free and uh, Nick, I forget his last name, um, they were in town and uh, they were kind of you know, making the making the hang. You know, seeing different people play, and they had started this label, and they knew they knew of me, they knew of my playing, and uh, you know, I was interested in doing a piano record at that time, and I had kind of sounded a few different companies, and and the interest wasn't there. You know, and a lot of times the response I got was, uh, "Well, we could do an organ thing." You know, we'd, we'd love to do an organ thing, and I would say, "Well, I'd like to do a piano thing." Well, no. There's so many different. There's so many piano players, and there's just not that many organ players. And you know why? One guy. I mean, one guy was. Pay, one guy paid me a, a backhanded compliment. And he said, "He said, you know, you're one of the greatest organ players around, but you want to play the piano. I mean, you know, why would you do that? You know, you're just sabotaging yourself. You know. So these guys. Uh, <laughs> you know, I ran into him uh, at a gig, some gig or another, and and I knew that they were starting off the label. I said to Mark. Uh, you know, he said, you know, we'd love to have you do something for us. And I said, you know, actually, I'm interested in doing a piano record. And he, right away, he said, sure, that'd be great. So, you know, I do uh, have a little bit of a debt of gratitude for them, you know, to them for that. I do appreciate that. Well, you selected uh, some great partners in this trio, too. Will you tell us uh, who they are and, and why you chose them? Yeah. Um, 
Well, there's Matt Pemmin on bass, and this is somebody I've been playing with for for a good at least ten years. Um, and Jochen Ruckert on drums, um, who who also I've been playing with, you know, on and off for for many years. And uh, Jochen is a guy who, um, for me, you know, like the drummers, the people I would call, you know, when I'm playing an organ gig and a piano gig are are pretty different. And uh, Jochen, for me, when I play the piano, he has the ability to play a lot of stuff, a lot of interesting stuff, and never uh, kind of never get in the way. Um, you know, his, his supportive thing is, is incredible, and, and, and I also love the way that he swings. So I had done gigs at Smalls on piano for years and years and tried to many different people, and, and he kind of ended up being my favorite, you know, for that piano trio context. And so, and him and Matt uh, play together a ton in a, in a bunch of different bands. I played together with Matt, you know, in, in different formats. We've been on the road together with Madeline Peru and uh, a bunch of different stuff. So it was a very natural choice. I mean, it was really an outgrowth of, of playing together uh, for years at Smalls and kind of just local little gigs, you know, when they came up. Uh, when I, whenever I got a call to do a trio gig, whenever I got a chance to do one, those guys were my first call. So when I got the chance to do the record, you know, it was, it was the same. Sam, when you play organ, do you play your own bass with the pedal? Yes. So then when you're playing in the piano trio setting and someone else is providing the bass, can you talk about kind of adapting to that setting? I know this is not your first time doing that, but I'd be uh-huh. interested to hear about it. Sure, yeah. I mean, the the role of the left hand in, in the two instruments are, are totally different. And, uh, you know, it's something I still continue to, to work on. I mean, really understanding, you know, the role of the left hand in a piano trio setting because I actually feel that in the piano trio sitting, there's there's a lot of room to explore some possibilities uh, for the left hand. Now, because my experience is relatively limited, I mean, a lot of times what I would do is just not play the left hand. So uh, a lot of times on the record you might hear me play, you know, quarterly, and then as I start to play, you know, linearly, I might just drop the left hand out. But now, you know, now the 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 playing and the practicing I've been doing since I've recorded the record, I'm trying to bring my left hand more into kind of find a role for it, you know, that because it, it naturally goes to the bass range because of the organ playing, and that doesn't really work because it kind of gets in the way of the bass player. So it needs to kind of find its own little world, and that's one of the challenges of switching back and forth. Is, uh, is comping very different on the two instruments as well? I think so. Yeah, uh, comping for soloists. Are you talking about or comping for myself? Sure, or? either either for yourself or while you know, for example, Matt is is in a solo role. Or yes, I mean, the orchestration is I think very different on the two instruments. I mean, you, you know, the organ has this kind of real angelic thing. You can get away with playing very simple stuff. You know, you can play just like a triad, and it'll sound, you know, heavenly. Whereas it doesn't always work on the piano. You know. Um, and also, you can play something in, in kind of relatively close position, depending on the stops that you have on the organ. So I, I could have, like, the stops set on the organ to be kind of a thin sound, so then I can play even clusters, and it won't, won't get in the way of people. It'll be, you know, very supportive. But if I, if I orchestrate the, the voicings like that on the piano in the same situations, it wouldn't necessarily work. So, you know, it's a kind of a... I think for me... You know, the the time that it works the best is when I don't have any kind of automatic pilot 
tricks that I go to. You know, I, I don't have like a bunch of voicings that I cop from so and so, but rather trying to think think simply and, and melodically and, and and orchestrate it in the right way. And uh, you know, that that's definitely one of the challenges. talk now about the tunes um, both that you selected or composed for this record and uh, it, it seems like you've you've struck a nice balance on this album between things people will know and and some original work can you talk about how you approached what you were going to play on this record uh sure i mean i i think you know the main goal for me of the record was to document this trio and we had been playing together for you know on and off for probably for 10 years and with that in mind, I didn't uh, really come with too many new, too much new stuff. I mean, this it's new for me in the piano setting, but a lot of the tunes I've been, I had played, you know, many times over the years already. So, you know, one thing I did was I selected some of the originals I thought were still fresh, and some of them I recorded on organ or in different formats, like a tune like Hometown, for example, is, is a tune that I originally composed on piano, played on gigs at Smalls. It was very kind of piano centric. Then when I played the organ with with Joshua, it kind of lent itself to that trio as well. So we ended up recording that tune, but the original format was always piano. So we should just mention that's Joshua Redman uh, with whom you played in a right, trio, right? Right. So you know when I did the record, I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, the record was for me supposed to be not too, you know, crazy ambitious in a way. It was like I want to document something that's already that already exists. So I wanted to keep it kind of simple, kind of kind of fresh. And uh that's why I chose the tunes that I did uh as far as the originals. And then and then I just kind of wanted to fill in, you know, some some other stuff that I thought that people might connect with and like the John Lennon tune is uh an example of that or or um Bell Gilberto's tune River Song is is another example of that. You know, I just kind of looking for a varied, just some variation, and and you know, I didn't want to get too stuck in any one you know stylistic trap. 
And I think that generally when I record any record, I'm just looking for a feeling of freshness, you know, that, that when you hear it, you don't think like, oh, this is, this is that thing again, you know. I've heard this a hundred times. I've heard a piano player play like, you know, McCoy Tyner, you know, a hundred times. I've heard, you know, people cop, you know, this, this certain thing, this certain style, you know, a hundred times, a thousand times. I, I think that for me it's important that uh, it doesn't have to be super intellectual or super, super, you know, kind of never heard this before, but it should have like a feeling of, of freshness to it so that, so that people will, will listen to it with that kind of, that kind of ear. And, and, and I hope that, that, that the record represents that. My favorite track on this record is uh, the only one I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce. I tend to pronounce it Omo because in Japanese uh-huh. that means think, but I don't know if that's even the language it's drawn from. But can you talk about, first of all, how I should be saying it and a little bit about the history of this tune? Yeah, definitely. This tune is um, it's called Umu, and it's written. Um, it was written at a time that I was listening to this singer from Mali uh, a lot. Her name is Umu Sangare. I was, you know, Brian Blade had turned me on to her music, and this was a while back. And uh, I was walking in the park one day. I heard somebody playing in the park, and I was just inspired. I went home, and the tune, I rarely write tunes in this way, but this tune just kind of, like, presented itself fully fully formed. And uh, I just came out kind of simple and, and, and lyrical, and uh, I, I recorded that one with Joshua as well, and... Uh, have done that on the organ a lot and uh, just took this opportunity to record it on the piano. What do you mean when you say I rarely write songs in this way? Normally, when I write songs, it's more of a I take more of a craft approach rather than an inspirational approach. Um, so, in other words, uh, my typical method for composition is I have like a, a recorder, some kind of recorder, and I'll sit down at the piano and you know start to mess around, and I might get an idea for melody, or I might get an idea for some harmony, and I'll record that, and uh, I'll record as many ideas as I get, and then the next day I'll go and I'll listen to what I recorded, and I'll start there as a starting point. I'll record the next idea, and, and over, this, over a course of however long it takes, could be weeks, could be months, 
I mean, I might put it away, come back to it. Um, I'll kind of etch out a tune and I'll edit the tune. And, you know, I don't, I kind of keep messing with it until I'm happy with it. It's not one of those things where like, oh, I'm so inspired I wrote a tune today. You know, I just don't usually work like that. But, but this tune did work like that. So, <laughs> in fact, when, when I came home and I was, I was kind of started to compose this tune on the organ, I, I did that. I recorded it and I said to myself, well, this is a good start. I'll just record this and get back to work tomorrow. And when I came the next day, I listened to it, and I was like, hmm, I wonder if it needs this, if it needs that. And finally, I kind of realized it doesn't really need anything. It's just finished. So it kind of surprised me in that way. What's the uh, what's the response been like to uh, your piano trio playing? The overwhelmingly positive response, uh, generally speaking. I think people are surprised to hear me play piano like that. Um, the critics have been very kind, uh, which I which I appreciate. Um, some people in the New York Times wrote some positive things, and uh, I think uh, you know, generally speaking, it's just been it's just been a, a positive a positive kind of atmosphere. This uh, seems like, and correct me if you feel differently, but to me, it seems like the past I don't know six, seven, eight years have been a pretty good time for piano trios that want to do something different than piano trios have done in the past. Uh-huh. Uh, do you feel like this is a good time to be uh, debuting uh, your your move to piano? Um. And feel free to say no. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. You know, there's... I don't know how different things... Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, first of all, I wouldn't call it a move to piano. Like, I, I, I feel like it's a side of myself that that I haven't documented and haven't really shown. And so I'm happy to do that. And, I, you know, I'll probably do another one as an outgrowth of this. But it's not like I'm, you know, quit the organ and... and and only exclusively will play will play piano now. But you know, I think there's always I think there's always room for people who have an artistic point of view that's tastefully done. You know, that's done thoughtfully and musically. Uh, and so, in that in that sense, I would say this time is as good as any other time, not better or worse. I mean, there there have been some some successes. You know, there's uh, that have happened in the last ten years, piano trio wise. But uh, you know, there's over the years, I think I think if you look, it's probably I guess I'd have to maybe sit down and crunch the numbers, but it seems like an even spread, you know, over the last forty years. I mean, there was a time when the Oscar Peterson trio was fresh, and then there was the Keith Jarrett trio and Paul Bay trio, and you know Phineas Newborn trio. Those are all very different sounding trios, and uh, I mean we take them for granted now that they're kind of part of the jazz idiom, but I think at the time they were probably very fresh, you know, novel approaches. As you've kind of embarked on this this new side of yourself or a return to the, the piano side of yourself, are there things that have surprised you or things that you find your your years of primarily playing the organ, uh, things that have come from that and now informed your piano playing? I wonder if you're a different pianist than if you'd recorded this album right when you got to the new school. Yes, I, I definitely think that, well, first of all, I mean, w- one thing that happened to me, uh, being being the organ player that I, that I am or was, uh, is that I got an opportunity to play with with some of the greatest musicians you know of my generation, and probably I'm not sure if that would have happened if I had been a pure pianist because just the fact that the organ is so unique and 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 anybody you know embarking on an organ flavored project is automatically distinguishing themselves you know at least when I started playing the organ so i I really got an opportunity to play with some great people like you know for example, I went on the road with uh, Brian Blade and Bill Frizzell. 
That, I mean, that, that's just not that kind of playing opportunity is not would not happen if I'm coming up as a piano player. I don't think so. Those opportunities have informed my development as a musician, and I think that that's you know something I bring to the piano in, in maybe in an abstract way, and then in a more direct way, you know, organ. My organ playing has always been very um, kind of groove oriented, uh, you know, bass oriented. Uh, I you know, I take great care to pay attention to the to the bottom half of the organ, and I think that's definitely informed my piano playing. It's informed the way that I listen to bass players. I mean, I actually listen to bass players. A lot of people don't really listen to bass players, you know, and, and because I've spent a lot of years basically being a bass player, uh, I think when I play with bass players, uh, you know, I, I give them kind of maybe more attention than than is typically is typically done so that that's that's definitely a positive thing and and then there's all these you know various kind of little funky things that that you do on the organ that when you move it to the piano it it sounds a little different than than just a normal a normal piano thing so so I definitely think it's an advantage for me you know bringing bringing that stuff over the piano and you know some stuff just doesn't work but but the stuff that does sounds a little bit different in a good way well, I'd have to agree. The album is called Hometown. It's on the Positone record label, and my guest has been Sam Yahel. Sam, it's been a real pleasure, and uh, the album is really fun to listen to. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's Sam Yahel from his new album, Hometown. You've been listening to The Jazz Session, the weekly jazz interview show. I'm Jason Crane. 
The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and really a whole lot more. Every episode of The Jazz Session is also available for free at thejazzsession.com and in iTunes. The Jazz Session has an email mailing list, which is a great way to win free music. You can sign up at thejazzsession.com. If you're on Facebook, there's also a group there for The Jazz Session, and I give away music uh, on that group, too. The theme music for this show is by the Respect Sextet. Check them out at respectsextet.com. And thanks also to Dave Rabel, who designed The Jazz Session's logo. The Jazz Session is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 United States License. And if you don't know what that means, and that probably means A, you have a life, and B, that you need to head to thejazzsession.com and scroll down to the bottom and click on the link and find out. As always, thank you so much for listening to the show. I couldn't do it without you. Well, I probably wouldn't do it without you, to be more honest. Don't forget to support live jazz whenever and wherever you can, and come back next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. Thank you for listening. Bye.